Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Born Money Show. Uh, it's your host, Mr. Born Money. I'm here with Matt Stoop. Shoop. Please tell me how to say your last name. <laughs> it's uh, Shalp. Everybody, everybody says Shoop, but uh, it's Shalp. Shalp. Yep. Okay. Uh, Matt, where are you from, man? Originally from New Jersey, but I've been out here in northern Colorado since I was about 10. So, you know, more time here than there. Uh, grew up about an hour north of Denver. Okay, cool. I was in uh, New Jersey for a little bit. I was in uh, Norwood. Norwood. Okay. I was uh, Montclair. Montclair. I'm not familiar with it too much. I was only there for a small stint. Um, it was actually, there's actually a really crazy story behind why I was in New Jersey. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you, you can't say that and then not sell. Now, what I want to do is clearly communicate that this is not financial advice by any means whatsoever. All I'm doing is sharing what's worked for me, some of the investments principles that I've learned over the years. And this is for pure entertainment purposes. If you're seeking financial advice, if you have issues with your own portfolio, seek a financial advisor, somebody who's licensed and who's qualified to be able to meet you at your unique needs. This is just for educational purposes and same purposes only. All right. Well, I was a personal trainer um, mm -hmm. and I met this guy. I, I was I heard about this guy who was making an absurd amount of money as a personal trainer in New Jersey. He was making about $300,000 a year or something like, something like that. Right. And for me, that was just like unheard of because I was like, I'm barely scraping by maybe 40, 50 grand a year. I'm like, how in the world is this guy? almost making 10 times what I make it, <laughs> you know, yeah, how does so, that, how does that work and teach it to me? <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, um, going to New Jersey. I was in New York at the time. I went to New Jersey. It was about a, like an hour trip from where I was okay. and I had an interview with him and he was telling me about his business. I was like, dude, you need to show me your book of business. Like, I don't believe it. He showed me. And then I was like, uh, can I come work for you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Literally the next day I packed up, moved into his garage so I can work. I worked for him for free for like 30 days just to observe what he was doing. Um, yep. And then he eventually his overflow clients, he would put onto my roster. And then within like a month and a half of working from the guy, downloading his entire process, just, just observing the work of art that he had in place when when it came to how he ran his business, just by word of mouth, within like a month and a half to two months, I started doing a hundred sessions per week. Wow. Which was more than I did the entire year before. <laughs> That's wild. Just in, in the first week you did more than than the whole the whole year. A hundred percent. And it was crazy. Wow. And that's where it just for me, it was just like, I'm, I'm a massive proponent of coaching mentorship, you know, finding people who were doing things better than you and just learning from them. Because it was, if yeah. I had spent, I spent like three years trying to figure the, this game out of the training and I got more results with just simply being around a guy who knew more about it than I did, um, than I did the last three years trying to figure it out on my own. 
yeah, that's the way to do it. You give up, you give up some money for the short term to, to uptick what you're making in the long term. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. hundred percent. So tell me about what you're, what you're up to now, man. Like, so what do you do? Um, and what does that entail? How'd you get started? Yeah. You know, so I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I currently own and run six different companies, but that all started back in 2005. I uh, graduated college and met my college sweetheart there. We were recently married. I was uh, six figures in debt and um, had worked a brief stint in college with a college painting company. So in the summers and spring, we would do you know residential house painting. And I, and I made a bunch of money. I spent three times what I made. So I end up graduating and I'm working at a corporate mortgage banking job that I just completely hate. Um, it, it wasn't a good fit. It wasn't me. And I was plotting my escape. You know, I'd come home every day talking about how much I hated life and work. And, uh, you know, Emily was very supportive and just trying to figure out what the next step was. I grew up, um, when I moved out here to Colorado, uh, mowing lawns, shoveling snow, that was my first little business venture. So I had that entrepreneurial spirit and I walk into the bank office one Tuesday afternoon and they had a new president that had taken charge and he pulled me in the office and he said, put all your shit in a box and leave. You're fired. And like, that was that I was, I was done cut off. I had all my professional belongings in a banker's box and, um, went out and started a residential painting company. That was really all I knew how to do at the time. And it was very short sighted at the time. Uh, I said, Hey, I need to make 2,800 bucks in 28 days. And we launched our painting company and, uh, never looked back. And that was the beginning of this journey that has led to other companies and, you know, writing books and speaking. And uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So yeah, I own a jujitsu academy here in Northern Colorado. We teach self-defense and jujitsu to, to kids. I saw parents, that families. I love jujitsu. Um, yeah. Have you, have you trained some? I did a little bit in, uh, awesome. uh, Washington, but I have a, I have a wrestling background. I wrestled for like almost six years. Okay. So jujitsu was almost like a natural transition when mm -hmm. different level of conditioning completely. Like it's. My first just yeah. uh training session, I was in good shape. I thought I was a machine. And uh -huh. yep. I was exhausted after like 30 minutes. I was like, what the <laughs> heck? Like I have yeah. cramps in places I didn't even know existed or I didn't even got, get cramps there. Yeah, you got sore muscles. You don't know that you have muscles there. And it's just it's a different kind of workout and, and cardio. But I mean, you know, one of the things I, I mentioned a lot to business owners, like you learn so much about leadership and pushing out of your comfort zone and just being uncomfortable and getting into something new on, on the jujitsu mass. So that's 100%. been a big part of my life and my life and my journey. And, you know, I do some, some real estate, have a real estate company. My big, you know, my big push for the next 10 years though, is really digging in and writing more books and uh, speaking. And then I fell in love with uh, Spain in college. I lived over there for a semester. So I take uh, business owners over to Spain to do leadership retreats. We're going over in September to uh, hike part of the Camino de Santiago. It's a it's a yeah. big 500 mile hike, and we're going to do a small piece of that. So yeah, that's what I'm up to these days. And I just I love sharing my story with business owners and aspiring business owners to make their life and business better. Yeah, I mean that's uh you dropped a lot. So, I mean you're you're involved in lots of different things. Uh, how do you manage your day? You know, like how do you prioritize what to work on and how do you get the most out of, out of, yeah. uh, your day? New listeners, you know, if they're thinking to start a business, don't go start six. Um, I, I did kind of a poor job at first of, 
just doing one thing at a time. So, I mean, it's really, it's, it's prioritize what, if, if all you can do tomorrow is one thing, you know, for your business, for your, for your personal, for your family, write that thing down and prioritize it and just know that you can't get everything done in, in a day, you know, whatever you have. Um, you know, for me focusing, when I started the painting company, it, it was just pure focus and dedication to that company, not getting distracted by other things. There's, there's certain times in the life cycle of a business where you can step away if you want to launch something else, but just very intentional with my time. I block everything out and I'm very intentional with, you know, this is the time we have to do what we're doing right now. And then at, you know, one o'clock, I've got something else going on. So yeah, it's hard. It's easy to get, we're in a, we're in a culture that's easy to distract us and get distracted and pulled into. 100%. So for you is really about time management, just being, making sure you're doing the highest leverage activities at a time. Yes. Early, early on. And I, and I learned this from a coach mentor. I don't even remember who it was, but uh, when I was, you know, in, in the thick of the business back in the day, uh, this guy was just having coffees with, he'd pull me aside and he goes, what are you doing for the rest of the afternoon? I said, well, I'm going to go do these three things. And he said, you know, could you hire somebody to do that? What would you pay them? What is your time worth? So as you start to develop and grow your business, you know, you, you want to eliminate doing tasks that you could leverage and pay somebody else to do. Um, you know, so you're doing higher dollar activity, knowing what your time is worth, but then also you've got to train those people well and, and have faith in them. I'm a control freak. So, you know, when I first started hiring people, I'd give them a role in a, in a job description and then hover over their shoulder to make sure they did it awesome and then just end up taking over. Right. So yeah. that didn't work out very well. Okay. I mean, with when, um, it's very interesting because we hear a lot of those types of things where people are like, you gotta, um, you definitely want to outsource like your, your lowest leverage tax or your lowest level activities. But what if I somebody who's just starting out, right? Um, they don't have a ton of revenue yet. And does it make sense for them to be thinking about outsourcing the lower level activities? What would you, what would you say for somebody who's like bare bones, just ground level, eating a ton of shit to kind of get the business going? Yeah. No, and I remember those days and it's kind of a cart and a horse or a chicken and an egg kind of a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I started the painting business, my wife, she was, she was helping at home, but let's, you know, let's kind of put that aside. So everything that I'm, that I'm doing, I knew that 30, 40% of my day was a $10 an hour task back then. Um, yeah. but yeah, there's a point where you might not have an extra $10 an hour. Your business may still be profitable. You might've taken, it's not profitable yet. Maybe you took a loan. So there's just a time and a place. And I think it's um, important and helpful for a business owner to understand how everything operates in the business. Because um, yeah. if somebody you hire takes off, you need to be able to come back to do that. So yeah, there's just a time when you are, you're going to be working 18 hours a day doing all of the tasks until you get to a point where you can even hire somebody for five hours a week, you know, just, just to lighten the load, reduce yeah. your time down a little bit and, and do it slowly, but surely. Um, but there's also a gap of you know, faith that you have to have to where, Hey, you know, I'm going to hire somebody and in 30 days, they're going to have saved me enough time eliminating the menial tasks, right? The lower level stuff to where I can become more productive and profitable in whatever I'm doing. So there's always that leap of faith that you have to take. Yeah. I think whenever, uh, with some of the clients that I talk to when they're starting out, um, one of the things I'll do, uh, I'll just eradicate the idea of them 
because they'll try to look for ways to outsource immediately. I'm like, right now, your time isn't isn't valuable. <laughs> yeah, unless you're right off the bat. Yeah, you got to yeah. be generating revenue. I mean, if right off the bat you're, um, you know, good enough, skilled enough, popular enough, have enough platform to be generating, you know, eight thousand dollars a month, and and you only need five, yeah, there's there's something to play with there. But but most people are, you know, most people that are exactly. quitting a job they hate or they just got let go or they just don't have faith in working for somebody and they want to do this on their own, um, and it takes longer than you would expect. I, I get frustrated with a lot of these, you know business in a box or whatever program. Right. And like, I think all these guys and gals have good intentions that are pushing their, you know, their content and things, but it just takes longer. It, it just takes long. It took me longer to grow every business that I have now than I thought it would. And, um, there's value in that because you just learn so much along the way. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, you know, kind of presetting your, the, the, the tax, your effort tax, if you would, um, that you're willing to pay up front, right? When I first started as a personal trainer, I was like, I'm willing to give this five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100% effort. I'm going to go all in, do whatever it takes. I'm willing to do this for five years to figure it out, right? Absolutely. So I was like, if yeah. I spend five, if I dedicate five years of my life to this thing and I'm willing to put in, you know, 10 to 12 hour days to figure this out, just unreasonable that I can't eventually <laughs> make it work. Right. Um, and then I eventually stumbled across that guy, moved in with, moved into his garage, started working for him. And then boom, right. That was like year three. Um, yeah. But a lot of people come in not even thinking about how long it would take them to kind of reach that breakthrough. And they don't even think about it ahead of time. They're just thinking, they're seeing all these ads and these podcasts and YouTube shorts or whatever it is saying, Hey, I made X amount of money in, in 30 days or in 60 days or, and they're thinking coming in with that level of expectation, not knowing that it took that person like 10 years to make a million in a month. <laughs> you know, oh, absolutely. I mean? And it's like, yeah, so, and that's the, that's the social media effect, you know, is everybody's showing their success, but they're not showing the, the hours and weeks and months and years of grinding and all the failures and the, and the steps back that they, that they took, you know, and we live in a, we live in an instant culture. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people, they get, you know, they, they want what that successful person has, but they really don't understand what's involved in it until, until they dive, dive in it. You know, it's, it's a rude awakening for some, but the people that can really put their head down and tell people that are new to real estate a lot, you know, just put your head down for two years, expect to make no money, eat, sleep, breathe, live, understand, get educated on real estate, connect with people, find that one thing that brings you business and and don't worry about your commissions, your GCI, all that stuff, right? Just go work and then just, you know, look up in two years. And yeah. the people that do that, they, they end up being successful and the people that get distracted or discouraged, you know, on the short game, they, they lose the long game all day long. Yeah. hundred percent, you know, so tell me a little bit about your, your into real estate. So this a lot of my listeners are into um, cash flow and building a portfolio of assets, income producing assets. Um, mainly what I talk about really is like how I'm building a portfolio on the blockchain of digital real estate that produce cash flow and then how I roll that cash flow into real estate, hard assets that produce more mm-hmm. income. 
All right. So how'd you get started in real estate? And um, what are your thoughts for anyone who's looking to kind of um, explore or consider real estate as a, as an investment a- asset for them? I, you know, I, I love real estate. I have never, I've never met anybody that and you're going to take your licks and learn your lessons, right? Make your mistakes in real estate, just, just like anything. But I've never met somebody that's dedicated themselves to investing in real estate, set a plan, follow that plan that gets to the end of that journey. And is like, man, I'm really upset that I did that. What's going on? I wanted to take this time to quickly interrupt this video or this podcast. If you found this helpful and you're interested in getting started investing on the blockchain, we have an incredible program called the Born Money System inside of our wealth sanctum. What we do is we'll guarantee you'll produce cash flow within the first 30 days of setting up your first digital cash flowing real estate on the blockchain, or you don't pay. So if you're interested in that, there'll be a link somewhere in the show notes for you to be able to apply and schedule a free strategy session where we can look at your portfolio, look at your financials and figure out what would be the best and most efficient way to deploy capital on the blockchain to guarantee cash flow. Hope to see you on the inside. Back to the show. People that I know that have built significant wealth um, that they can pass along for generations to their family, it's it's in real estate. And I can't say the same um, about 401k, you know, 401ks and other kind of things, just in my in my yeah. personal opinion. So my start with real estate was right out of college back in 2003, where you could, you know, stated everything, right? I don't need to prove that I make anything. Go put me in a house. I bought just a little, a little uh, condo. Wish it was a house, but it was 100% financed. I lived in it. Um, and then as the business started taking off, I you know, saved up to put, we put 20% down on a house, which I didn't realize that I didn't need to do. I could have put a lot less down. So again, learning, learning these lessons, but we moved from that unit you know, to a home. We, we rented out the condo and then that home went to another home. We started buying some single family rentals ended up buying a commercial building. So again, we're moving in and out of real estate. We're 1031 ing certain things. And, you know, we made a big move back in 2020. We sold the commercial building that we had to actually buy. It's a, it's a 5,000 square foot building to put all the companies in. Cause we had the jujitsu gym on one side of town, the painting company's office on the other. And I had this dream to have a little Spanish coffee bar right in the front lobby, you know, jujitsu gym in the back conference room up top. And, uh, you know, we rolled everything into that. So, you know, my portfolio, we've got, that is really our big cash flowing asset right now, but you know, Colorado has been on the, the climb and the uptick and, you know, cash flow wise, those numbers aren't making sense right now. So we're exploring some other markets and looking to make some moves this year, especially with the, the shifting in the economy to, to pick up some more, you know, possibly single family, but really looking more into the multifamily. Okay. Yeah. I'm in actually in the process of, um, getting a fourplex under contract, uh, just put an offer in today. So love it. we'll see, it. we'll see if it, if it gets accepted, but I think real estate was definitely one of the, for me early on, it was one of the asset classes that I knew I wanted to get into. I knew it was a game that I wanted to play. Yeah. But, uh, at the time, cause the business, you know, early on when you're in business, you don't have any funding and you're just bootstrapping everything in that growth yep. phase, it becomes cash intensive, right? You're reinvesting a ton of profits back into the growth of the business. 
Yeah, right. no, absolutely. And there's always, there's always those, those moments. And you mentioned it earlier here in the show is like, Hey, I have all the time in the world. I don't have a lot of money to invest right now. So it's like in the, those early days, you're, you know, exchanging that time, investing your time to build that money. So then you can start leveraging some of that money. Um, you know, a couple of things I'd add for anybody getting into real estate or that's done real estate is uh, at least me personally, <laughs> and a lot of the guys I talk to, they go, man, I wish I would have bought more. Mm-hmm. And, and kept and kept more. And, and I feel the same way. You know, I, I wish I wouldn't have sold the ones I did and purchased more when I had the opportunity to do so. Um, and, and at least the, a lot of the guys I know, they you know, get hard on ourselves, right? Because it is a fun, it is a fun game. It's addicting once you get into it. But yeah. um, I just say, don't be so hard on yourself. You're, you're doing something that a lot of people just won't do. They won't take that leap and yeah. step into that. So yeah, and then on top of that, it's one of those things where it's like people have revisionist history bias where, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, I should have done this mm-hmm. right when and it, and they fail to understand that given the information that they had at the time that made that decision, they did what they thought was in their best interest. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So yep. you. You can't look back and be like, oh, I wish I would have done it differently. If you thought that was the best thing for you to do at that time, given the information that you had, you would have made that same decision every single time if you were back in that situation with that set set amount of information, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, one of the things I'll, I'll uh, tell my clients and I work on is deciding the quality of the decision before I make it so I don't look back and regret it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Right. So yeah. No. Yeah. If I can sit down, I'm like, you know what? Um, I think I'm going to do this. And I sit down and I do my due diligence and I look at the numbers and I analyze. I'm like, you know what? Given the information that I have available to me, I really think this is the best decision for me to get closer to where I want to be. Yeah. Right? If I decide that ahead of time that this was a good decision, if it doesn't work out, I don't have to feel bad. Right. I just sit down and analyze what didn't work out. Where did I miscalculate? Where did I make a misstep? Learn from it and then upgrade my operating system with to make the next decision and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. So for you, how do you determine what opportunity is worth you pursuing? You know, because you have so many different things going on. Um, if you're looking at opportunity in real estate or if you're looking at opportunity in business, like what, what are like your, your decision-making frameworks, um, that you use to just kind of guide whether or not something's worth your time or so, whether or not something's worth pursuing or, or putting on the back burner? No, I love, I love that question. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people look at it from, you know, an ROI, right? So if I put this much time, this many years, this many dollars, what do I get out? I, I can, I can, absolutely tell you, like I'm writing, writing a book right now, it comes out, launches in a few weeks. I spent a lot of time, energy, money, a lot of last year writing it. And on paper, I, I could have made 10 times the money doing real estate, but I, but I love writing and I love this message that I'm sharing and I love speaking about it. So there's a, there's a joy factor. Um, you know, I look at, uh, you know, and I think humans, we do this, right? We play the comparison game a lot. Oh, look what this person's doing or has accomplished. It's like, yeah, but would you love doing that? Like I, I wake up every day and I love the businesses I'm in. Like, I don't love painting. I actually am bad at it and I, Mm. and I don't like to do it, but I love the interaction with the team, with the clients, the reputation we've built in the community, how we get a chance to give back. So for me, it's about 
being happy with what I'm doing every day, enjoying what I'm doing every day, knowing that it's making a difference. And you know, the, the money, the money comes, obviously you do need to have a certain amount of money. And, um, I'd encourage business owners cause it is, you know, you get, you get going, you become successful. It's like, well, what's the next level? And we're always chasing and striving for more. Um, but I'm at a point to where it's like, okay, how can we, how can we set this up to where it, it's, it's enough, you know, and, and we don't, yeah. we don't have to work anymore. So, but that, that can always be a moving, a moving goal line too. Right. I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs deal with, I hit this milestone and I, dreamed like like when you met the guy right he's making x amount per month or per year can't imagine that would ever happen and then you do it in month one right yeah it's like well you move you move the bar a little bit so it's like when is enough enough exactly so for you you're you consider several different types of currency right so you're looking at if you just don't look at the roi considering you know fulfillment you're considering energy reputation um, and lifestyle from, from what I've gathered. So you're kind of filtering it through more than one lens to see if it makes sense. You know, it may not make sense yes. ROI wise, but get a ton of enjoyment, get a ton of fulfillment. It's going to help build your reputation and legacy. Um, yes. and instead of it draining you, 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 it fills you up with energy as you're doing it. Right. So yeah. if it checks out four of those four other boxes, but you may be sacrificing a little ROI right now it still be something you'd worth you you pursue. Absolutely. I, I know a lot of people that have made millions, millions of dollars in business and they're very not happy. Like they're, they're miserable and you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that they are. So I'd say back in the early days, um, you know, cause I, I, I grew up, I didn't come from money. I had to work for my own money from a very early age. So I was driven by that for sure in the early days. And, you know, I became quote unquote, the millionaire on, on paper. And then I'm, standing there celebrating that right this really isn't as cool as i thought it would be and, and that's really when i started focusing on you know the, the development of other other people yeah. and um you know leaving that leaving that legacy for them so i love that i love that for me it was one of the things that i realized because i actually last year i was able to retire 20 beginning of 2022 awesome man congrats um and now is that like i think i was 28 Okay. Yeah, I think I'm 28. All right. And so when I did that, <laughs> I was so miserable. <laughs> well, we could we could talk about uh, retirement, how that's kind of a, I'd like to debunk that myth, you know, because I think the way it's traditionally structured, right? You think of like what we're doing as entrepreneurs, we don't follow the the mold of what, yeah. you know, the, the general population or the, the world, you know, quote unquote, define something as, but to work you know, you're going to work 34 years at something that you really don't enjoy that much and count on having this nest egg. And then you're going to go spend the last, what, 20% of your life. If that, as your health is declining, you know, you're, you're, you're slowing down, you're getting achy and then you're going to, you're just going to go sit around and do nothing. Like I see a lot of those people die. So, yeah. um, yeah, I thought in 2016 that I quote unquote retired, we went to Spain for a summer to live there. And it's like, wow, this is, this is crazy. Like about halfway through that summer, I'm like, I want to go home and go, go after something again. Yeah. And for me, that's like, I, it, I definitely redefined what retirement meant. It means like strictly doing things that I'm genuinely passionate about that yeah. fills me up, helps, helps add good to the world. Right. And allows me to continue to, to have an impact. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and it was just like a really interesting contrast because that did happen, right? I started to let myself go. Um, I ended up putting on like 20, 25 extra pounds. And my wife was like, uh, you need to get up and do something. Like, I hate yep. seeing this aspect that, or this side of you. Cause I was like, I don't know what else to do. Let me just play some video games. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, I think, I think guys like us and, and you know, what we do, there's always, it's like, if you, when you, when you love what you do, you never, you never retire. You just, you know, retirement quote unquote, what does that mean to be free? You know, you get up and you do what you want, when you want, where you want with the people you want, and you have different streams and sources of, you know, income and assets and things that can support that lifestyle. Right. And then yeah. you get, you get to a point right. too, where like, like new business owners, if you're a new business owner, listening to this and it's like, oh, that's great that, you know, that <laughs> these guys get to get up and just do what they love. But like, God, there was a point I needed $2,800 in 28 days and I knocked on doors and I got chased by dogs and door slammed yeah. in the face. Like I was not loving that. That was like, I need to scrap and fight and punt, you know, punch and kick my way to getting above water. Um, but don't get too stuck there, you know, make sure that as, as your business and your ventures grow, that you really do find that sense of enjoyment. Yeah. And just having that balance, you know, I have this, um, what I call like the r success roadmap, right. And it initially starts as like a steep uphill battle. Right. And mm -hmm. there's three things that I typically, the way I view it, there's like three main gaps between where you are, and where you want to be. And it's either like your mindset and just kind of like your attitude, your character, or your skill level. Right. Yep. Like just you're deficient in one of those three things. Right. Yep. And you're going to hit your barriers because of one of those three things being deficient and your ability to kind of break through those many obstacles is going to be based on you identifying those areas and working on it and making a necessary improvement. Right. And I view that first leg of that roadmap as just like the phase of just eating shit. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great way, great way to put it. Yeah. If you can just get out of your head that you need to look good while you're eating shit, then you can kill your ego and make the necessary yeah. decisions that are going to help you get closer to where you want to be. <laughs> right. And there's uh, something about being in that space too. You know, the, the eat shit space is like, you, you, you can tell when nobody's had to do that. You know, I've met, I've met business owners like they, they, they got set up, you know, and it's like, have you ever, have you ever experienced a whole bunch of adversity where like, you're not coming home till the sun's down and, and you're up before it's up and you're just, just grinding, you know, and yeah. uh, that builds, that builds character, that builds so many things. And um, that sets an example for people too. You know, people are going to, people are going to follow that and respect that and, and appreciate that, especially yeah, your absolutely. kids, you know, because it's, and if you can go through that phase, it, as you're doing that, it builds all those different characters. You know, for me, um, when I moved in with the guy, I was like, I'm here to learn from you. I thought I was prideful. I'm like, you clearly know something that I don't. Um, and even when I made the decision to transition my entire business online, I packed up and moved to Washington to live with my mom. So I can be rent free and just try to figure out what this, what this game is going to be. And it was yeah. a very unappealing time in my life. <laughs> Did I have a car? <laughs> was living with my mom, yep. uh, just trying to figure it out. And it was a little embarrassing when people ask me, what are you doing? <laughs> right. And like, that's the phase where you have to be willing to eat shit 
Um, and you, you have to sacrifice your ego to do what is, what is necessary to learn what you need to do to kind of hit that breakthrough to get to where you want to be. Well, and I, and I think, you know, a lot, a lot of people, I don't think you'd be where you are, or I'd be where I am with, without having that face. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause then once you kind of hit that breakthrough, the next phase is like the moment I call momentum. Where yep. like you've reached that critical math where you just put in enough reps under the bar doing this one thing that you've been working at to where it's just like you start seeing momentum of the effort that you've been putting in just compounding and to a point where it's just like now you've got these relationships, you have clients, you have revenue coming in. It's at that point when you've hit that critical mass and you start building momentum. That's when people start to notice. Yeah. Right. Nobody was looking at you during like the last two to three, four years of you just sh shoveling shit while you're figuring yeah. this thing they, out. They, they, they didn't want you shit with you. Yeah, they didn't want to hang out with you. They're like, this guy eats shit all day. <laughs> exactly. And then you hit yeah. this point where you start seeing momentum. Now everybody's interested in hearing your story, wanting to know how you got started. And they're like, yeah. oh, maybe it, it must have came easy for him. It's like, no, you saw me struggling this entire time. It just wasn't pretty to look at. So you ignored it. Right. Well, I heard somebody say, I can't remember who, but yeah, I'm a 20 year overnight success. You know, it's like, there's, there's a certain point that that critical mass where everybody or the masses in your industry or your area. Yeah. They start to recognize you and it's just, um, yeah, there, there's a lot, there's a lot behind that and there's a lot of lessons within it. Yeah, man. So, um, I know we're getting ready to wrap up. Like if somebody wants to find out more about you, just kind of, what are you, what is the best way for somebody to get in touch with you or. Um, or what do you think would be the best place for somebody to start if they wanted to just kind of explore entering your world to see what they can learn from you? Yeah, no, thank you for, for that. Uh, it just, my website, mattshalk.com, uh, you know, it's got, got everything on it. It's got my, my story. I do something called morning coffee with Matt every morning. And I post that across Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all, <laughs> all the platforms, and then I've got a set of uh, free tools that you can download to help you, you know, grow, scale your business, advance your leadership. Uh, I've got workbooks for the books that are coming out. So yeah, just a totally free toolkit, free video coaching series. And uh, from there, yeah, you know, follow me from there. We obviously do, you know, I, I have books to buy and I, I speak all over the place. And then I do these adventures uh, to Spain with uh, business owners and business leaders. That sounds like that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, if you give me your your the links to those things, what I'll do is I have the team include it in the show notes for those of you guys who are listening or yeah. potentially watching on YouTube. If um if we end up putting it there, but the links will be in the show notes. I'll make sure I get that from Matt uh, so that you guys can take a look and just kind of explore and see what's out there. You know, it's important to for me. I value mentorship and I value proximity. I did a podcast on it not long ago, the power of knowledge and proximity, being around people who know more than you, um, yeah. because knowledge will allow you to skip 10 years of trial and error. If you, if you get the right information at the right time and you apply it, and if you get around the right people, they have the ability to open doors for you that you wouldn't have been able to open on your own, which again, would allow you to skip 10 years of, of struggling if, you just have the right knowledge and you get around the right people. So definitely explore, um, get to know Matt, uh, see what he has to offer, understand what, uh, and learn as much as you can and see if you can get in proximity with the guy um, and see how that's going to change your life. Because I know for me, it's made a massive difference 
you know, being around the right person. Like when I started as a personal trainer, just getting close proximity with that guy. Just that energy, you know? Yeah. Just, just that, just that rub off there. And I tell uh, listeners too, I, um, I'm in Northern Colorado. I'm about an hour North of Denver in, in a city called Loveland and got a free Spanish coffee bar. So yeah, if you're ever passing through in the area, hit me up, reach out and love to, love to have coffee with, uh, people with cool stories. Absolutely. All right, guys, that does it for us. Remember, stay calm, print money, and enjoy life and business on your terms. If you found this video helpful, chances are you're going to find a ton of value in our Boring Money community where I'm in there live actively sharing articles, market updates, and just uh, educating you on what's going on in the market real time. So if you don't want to wait for another one of these episodes, another video training to come out and you want to have live updates on what's happening in the market, go ahead and join the Boring Money community where you can have access to us and be able to ask any questions that you want and potentially even get featured in an episode. Till next time, hope to see you on the inside.